welcome to another episode of How Do You Do? I'm Samantha Vinicola And I'm Yael Haroudi. And we are back like every week to talk about all things Jewy. Yael, how are you? I'm good. Had a very long week. Um, and then I got my flu shot and the booster at the same day, which ended up being Woo-hoo. a huge mistake because I am, I was sick. Um, I was very sick. <laughs> so if you can separate them... <laughs> That's a hot tip for me. Do it so you don't get sick. Um, but yes, I ha- medical advice courtesy <laughs> of How Do You Do. I love it. I actually have like some very exciting news. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Samantha, or not. I haven't asked you yet, but um, J-Style Magazine featured me uh, in an article together with uh, Megan that was on our, I think, second or third episode of How Mazel Do You Do. Tov. Yeah, so it was really nice uh, to be featured in that. And shout out, thank you to J Style Magazine, and shout out to Megan Hennen, um, that was also in the article. And I think it was a very nice, like you know, boost to my. Uh, was it like celebrity challah bakers of Cleveland? <laughs> um, as you know, I don't sell challah anymore. So <laughs> it wasn't about challah. No, I know, but I feel like that's the tie-in between the two of you. Um, it was. I mean, I guess kind of, but it was it was about like home businesses um, that started during COVID. Oh, that also makes sense as a tie-in. I think I just, you know, as we record, it's a Monday, so I haven't had Sala in like an entire day and a half, and I think oh, I'm no. just having some some withdrawal. <laughs> um, but that is so exciting. We should link to the um, the article in our show notes, as well as a shout out to yes, our previous episode with Megan. And that's so exciting. Power to small business, home business, shop small, shop local, people. (laughs) Unless you don't live in Cleveland, in which case, shop small, shop Yael and Megan. Yeah, it's kind of weird having a small business because you deal with people that understand what it means to like shop from a local person that is that owns a small business. And then you get people that don't understand the meaning of it and ask for very weird re- requests <laughs> that Ooh, I, what's a weird request this could be a whole like tell all so like you know i i didn't want to do this but i mean someone texted me the night before their order like at 9 30 p.m now a normal business doesn't respond in those hours but i can't not respond right i'm a small business i don't take my chances of course so she ordered this cake i think monday and this was Friday, Friday night, and she's supposed to pick up her cake on Saturday. Okay. Now, when she texted me, when we were talking Mondays, she asked if I can do a cake for Sunday. I already work six days a week. So, I, yeah, so Sunday is my one day off a week, which I think I'm allowed to have. <laughs> so I, I would allow that as well. It's actually, like, in the Torah that you're supposed to take off a day a week. So. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be Saturday, but, you know, don't tell on me. Well, we're not being so technical here. <laughs> So, I mean, on a holiday and like special holiday, special occasions, if it calls to work on Sunday, then I would. But I'd rather have my one day off a week so I can, uh, you know, gain my strength. So I told her that I can't, but I can make it for Saturday. She agreed. Everything is good. Friday night, 9.30 p.m., she sends me a message saying that her kids have soccer and football and she has also a wedding at four so she can't come pick up the cake and if i can deliver it and she lives an hour away 
And it's 9.30 p.m. the night before. She's supposed to pick up at 11 a.m. the next day. What kind of business is going to answer you at 9.30 p.m.? That's so, insane. That's so entitled. So keeping in mind that I'm a small business and I can't afford to not respond to customers right. like that. Um, you know, I responded in a very nice way, explaining that it's 9.30 p.m. Um, I do work with a delivery driver. She does not deliver thir- uh, an hour away. <laughs> so because that means two hours, like uh, going there and coming back on, on Saturday. That's so true. Yeah. And Saturday I have a, a bunch of deliveries. I can't afford losing her for two hours. So <laughs> I explained all this to her and I said, we don't deliver that far. And um, it's 9.30 p.m. the night before. What I can offer is earlier pickup or later pickup, but I can't do anything else. And like she knew I can't do Sunday and she asked again to pick up on Sunday. And I already explained that it's not possible. Anyways, it's very fun owning a very small business and dealing with things like this. <laughs> I will say that as soon as you started Thing. like I wasn't really gonna talk about this I was like oh my god please don't let it be something that I did that was like a major faux pas that I wasn't aware of god no no it was just extremely weird and I looked at it thinking if this was like a big bakery she would never send a message at 9 30 p.m the night before the order people like seem to be a little more responsible when it's a bigger business and then when it's a small business they allow themselves to do things like this that put me in a very uncomfortable situation and i kind of think it's not fair <laughs> i'm a small business <laughs> seriously wait so how did it end no so i mean i explained the nicest way i could that i really can't do anything and i really i, I said what i can do so i offered earlier pickup later pickup she understood the next day she came she came to pick it up on time and she apologized she said she said i'm sorry like we found a solution and then i know i was thinking to myself okay just because i'm a small business doesn't mean i need to find solutions for things you should have thought about when you ordered the cake back on monday absolutely no but it's so good that it worked and that that you're trying to be accommodating i feel like that's you know the the best you can do is to always try and then like other people also have to figure out how to adapt accordingly. I try. It's it's just it's um it gets really really interesting because <laughs> uh, yeah because I do respond at nine thirty p.m. which I probably shouldn't but I do. So. I was just having a conversation about like setting working hours and setting a good example of like you know turning your turning your emails off and not sending emails at like ten p.m. Um, because, you know, you don't want other people to feel obligated to respond. And, like, it's good to have, you know, work-life, um, I don't know, balance, balance even mm-hmm. exists anymore. I, I can't say balance because, like, that's not real. But at least, like, work-life limitations. Yeah. Uh, so a colleague of mine shared that she hasn't been able to stop sending the emails at 10 p.m. or looking at emails at 10 p.m., but has decided to send them all on a delay so they're out of her head and like she knows she did her part but they won't show up in someone else's inbox till 9 a.m so that way like the burden isn't then passed to anyone else it just kind of sits in this internet limbo until a reasonable hour and i like that's smart yeah so i like stuff like that where it's like very you know much recognizing oh my god if i'm stressed at 10 p.m that i want to get this off my chest like let me still send it but hopefully somebody else you know unless it's a matter of life and death or cake doesn't have to necessarily address it at that moment 
That's very smart. That's very, very maybe smart. That could be our, maybe you could make shirts like life, death, and cake. <laughs> anyway, that could be my small business of like making whimsical attire for other people's small businesses. Please, I can tell you a bunch of stories so, you, so I can help you like get more ideas. <laughs> there we go. I could also not do that, which would also be fine. I've been on a mission. Um, I feel like I'm several years behind that like all these, particularly women, but people in general, like really learned how to embrace you know saying no and not saying yes to everything and like claiming your time and I'm like multiple years behind on that I physically don't know how to say no to things um but this week I said no to something for possibly the first time ever oh wow what was that um I had written an article at somebody's request for like a journal that they were putting together and what I, that's really cool thank you well it's not it was, spoiler alert it's not um because i'm sure it is what happened is <laughs> between as our listeners know i've had a lot of upheaval lately in terms of moving and starting a new job and just like all good things but all very chaotic and kind of draining I basically somehow, I think it felt like being in college again, I managed to write a 20-page article effectively saying nothing. Um, That, like, it made sense in that the sentences connected with each other, but, like, I'm not even sure that it had a point, and I'm the person who wrote it. Um, But I felt like I couldn't say no because I committed to writing this thing, and I was just kind of going to, like, make it up as I went along. And the person who had asked for me to contribute very nicely wrote back and had said, like, I think you need to take another stab at this, which was a very polite way of saying, like, this article literally says nothing, (laughs) Um, which, again, I was very deeply aware of. And but they phrased it, which I thought was really kind as a question of, like, do you feel like you have the time to take on this revision work um at this time and normally my instinct is to be like oh my god of course someone has asked something of me like absolutely i have time and then i took a minute and was like you know what no i do not have the capacity to do that in a effective way right now um i wish you so much luck and i hope our paths cross professionally again you know in the future and there'll be more opportunities but actually i don't have time for this right now and i'm good and it was so liberating because genuinely until that moment it hadn't occurred to me that like when they asked like do you have time for this that there was any available answer other than yes because it's like oh of course you've asked me of course i'll do it and then it was like no yeah so you probably felt like there was a huge weight lifted exactly it was just like i'm good something's off my list and like I'm so excited to read the other articles when they come out but it was very much a moment of oh I'm good go team so yay in terms of personal growth and maturity I'm proud of you you know it's important to say no yes exactly just say no to drugs and whatever (laughs) else unless you don't want to just say no if you can't take on too much (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah that, that's definitely the, the catchphrase of choice god i hope so, i didn't sound like i was complaining too much earlier because i'm very thankful to all my customers it's just that there are struggles to being a small business no absolutely and i think it's important to like pull the the curtain back 
so to speak, because I feel like we see so much online as someone who actively follows your Instagram accounts in particular. And I'm just like, yeah, Ella's such a girl boss and boss in general, because that shouldn't be a gendered phrase. <laughs> and like, the cakes are all amazing. And the one that shaped like a dinosaur that has been featured lately, like, I think I should have a dinosaur cake in my life. <laughs> um, but I think pulling back, you know, the curtain. So we all think about like, how we especially going into like, I don't really understand how it's about to be the holiday season again, but how we're interacting with small business owners, hoping that we prioritize shopping small this year, shout out. Um, I think it's all important things for us to think about. Yes, I agree. So uh, speaking of holiday seasons. (laughs) Yes, so so speaking of important things to think about, um, so for this week, listeners, we wanted to touch on a couple of different topics all related to what it means to Jew in public. Um, A few months back, we had a mini-series within our series focusing really on the uptick in anti-Semitism from a few different angles. And while we haven't explicitly been talking about anti-Semitism lately, unfortunately, it has in no way gone away um, and has continued to manifest in the communities that we live in, the spaces that we spend time online, and especially coming up to another season of both Jewish and non-Jewish holidays, it felt important to restart this conversation, even though I'm personally offended that Hanukkah starts in November this year, (laughs) and I'm still not comfortable with it being almost another holiday season. Yeah. It's so dangerous. It's like right after Thanksgiving. It's from food to more food. It's literally like there's there's just not a break between like turkey and latkes which now i don't need a break between turkey and latkes but like i've seen healthy people do it kind of feels like um the high holidays again (laughs) well yeah exactly we never stop so speaking of um so with hanukkah coming up in this offensively early way thank you jewish calendar Um, This is a holiday where we are literally commanded to put our Judaism on display because the Hanukkah menorah, um, the ritual lamp and light that we light each night of the eight nights of Hanukkah, the custom tradition is to put it in your window, um, to publicly display the miracle and remind others about the miracle of Hanukkah. How are you feeling about that in the current climate of anti-Semitism? I actually feel very good about it. Um, I think at the beginning, when we first started talking about anti-Semitism, I think I was kind of torn uh, between feeling safe and not safe, kind of, mm-hmm. to display. And I'm more, I feel more and more comfortable displaying it um, and being extremely, extremely proud of it outside. So just like last Hanukkah, I display, I, so, okay, so it's not a secret. My boyfriend is not Jewish. Um, so we celebrate, (laughs) um, we celebrate in this household, both Hanukkah and Christmas. So yes, there's about a month in between this year, even more, right? It's so long. I'm just not over it. Go on. There's like a month in between, but last year at least we had a Hanukkah table that had the menorah on it and a bunch of blue lights and everything, and it was displayed in the window right next to the Christmas tree. And I'm planning on doing the same thing this year. I'm probably going to leave the Hanukkah decorations up um, until 
Christmas also. Just I know it's like a big. It's a obviously the menorah is not going to be there anymore, but I think we should represent. <laughs> I love that. Yes, represent. Have a long holiday season, even longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think same. You know, I think that it's really easy, and I can completely understand if someone has the impulse to to be nervous, especially if they are living in a place where you know, maybe their Judaism is something that they've kept a little more quiet and subtle. Um, but it's something that I, at least, this is like a really random aside. So as I think many of our listeners know, I've been house hunting lately. And we didn't get deep enough into house hunting um, during like the Jewish holidays because we were, you know, celebrating all the holidays. But we did one day where we were driving around, like, one of the neighborhoods that we're looking for homes in um, during Sukkot. And it was actually really helpful for me. Like, bear with me because this sounds insane. Um, We found this one block that I counted six different houses with a sukkah um, just on the one block. So I was able to be like, oh, no, we could live here. (laughs) Versus like another whole neighborhood that didn't have a single one now not to say that there aren't jews in that neighborhood not to say that the non-jews in that neighborhood aren't lovely not to say that maybe they don't have like secrets that goes in the backyard that we couldn't spot by doing a creepy drive-by but there was something really beautiful about seeing that in this one particular neighborhood there was obviously such a robust like jewish community that was being displayed in this physical way and then when we started looking more actively at houses, I was saying, oh, I really wish I had done this during, like, a hug so I could somehow figure out, like, where, you know, where's my squad? Where are my peeps? And so my dad was like, well, I guess the only answer is to wait to house hunt during Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> or you'll see who has one in the window and be able to do, like, this recon mission. And... I'm not actually doing that because I need to like move forward a little faster for a few different reasons. But I think there's something really beautiful about being able to go into a community and have like these markers and to be able to say, oh, like these people have a kind of chaos shaped like a train. Like they are whimsical and awesome and therefore I want to be friends with them. Um, and yeah, and I think that knowing how important it has now been for me to try to figure out like you know where my community is in this new space has me like doubling down all the more so to want to like visibly offer that to others if that makes sense i like i like that i like that you are seeing this kind of point of view because you are um house hunting (laughs) so it's putting you in a totally different place well because like the hanukkah on the window or the sukkah like in the you know yard like, those are very publicly visible. I was like, I guess I can kind of come off like a creep and just start going up to people's doors to, like, see if there's a mezuzah <laughs> on them. But, like, that's also probably how you get, like, voted out of someone's neighborhood mm-hmm. rather than actively welcomed in. Just my guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, on the, oh on the topic of doing in public... Um, we did, we did talk about like the, the different choices about doing, uh, of, excuse me, um, doing in public and Hillel International started a new campaign that's called Share Your Star. 
So it's where students and others uh, go on social media and post pictures of themselves wearing Jewish stars, um, which I think we mentioned in one of our anti-Semitism episodes um, about like the, having a Star of David uh, necklace and showing it. So any thoughts about that? I'm so excited about that campaign and similar ones like it that are coming up. Um, I think that, you know, it's an instinct of like previous generations, including probably myself at this point, I won't speak for you, to still kind of separate out, like this is my social media self and this is like real life. And especially in the world of COVID and post-COVID, like the digital world and the in-person world, all of the boundaries I feel like have blurred and like what is reality is like way too existential of a question for me right now, but I think it's a real one. And we've seen, especially in the last few months, fear that Jews, particularly like young, younger Jews or Jewish students, have about showing their Judaism online. And I've been doing some research on like everything from, you know, teens who will like go on like teen tours or trips to Israel, creating like supplemental or like secondary Instagram accounts rather than using their main ones because they're concerned about making their social media presences so Jewy or so full of Israel and stuff like that absolutely breaks my heart. So I think having this campaign and this like pride in showing your star is so important because it lets these like students and whomever else is like on the internet realize you're not alone. And there are all these proud Jews out there. And like I saw Cheryl Sandberg from Facebook um, joined in and posted in the campaign. And I think there's just something really special about like the power of the internet to show you, especially if you're feeling scared or like vulnerable, that you're not alone. Now, of course, I could say like, what does that actually do like in your life then? You know, if you post uh, a photo in your bedroom showing a Jewish star and then you take it off like is it the same as if you walk down the street during it or wearing it excuse me but I think that again I'm trying to be much more cognizant of the reality of like life in a digital world and in that instance I think this is amazing I don't know about you yeah um so you were talking about separating like your different social medias so I do have um, my private one and then I also yeah. have my business one now I don't hide the fact that I'm Israeli and I don't hide the fact that I'm Jewish on my business one but I also don't Could be your name. well obviously <laughs> um, but I also don't I also I don't put it out there so for instance when things were heating up in Israel as they tend to do every few months and Israel was getting bombed I didn't post anything on my social on my business social media because mm-hmm. I didn't think that was a place for it. Um, also, I won't go against different you know groups that I don't agree with that are anti-Israel or something like that on my on my uh, business social. Um, yeah. And I have seen because of my business social media, I do have friends that are like um, Arab different Arabs. Um, that own different social media businesses, uh, social media pages that have to do with their businesses. And one of them, just one, posted 
nonstop anti-Israel things. And I had to unfollow that person because yeah. I don't agree with mixing business and your political views, okay? But um, having that in mind, I'm also Jewish, so I don't hide that either. And yes, right. for every Jewish holiday and for every other holiday, um, I try to say happy holidays to all of my customers so it doesn't matter what religion they are. Um, and, and I usually do like special baked goods for the holidays. So for Yom Kippur, right. I had that cookie assortment. And for Hanukkah, obviously I'm gonna do sufganiyot again, just like last year. Um, so I don't hide the fact that I am Jewish and I do celebrate those holidays. Therefore, there are baked goods on my social media. But no, I don't go around and putting the Star of David on everything that I make as far as my business. On my private social media, very different. Um, I am not afraid to put it out there. I'm actually very spoken out about my um, commitment to to the country I was born in. So yes, I am extremely pro-Israel um, and I'm extremely Jewish. So I put I do put it out there. I show that I celebrate all the holidays. I show everything Jewish. I show everything Israeli and I'm proud of it. And if someone doesn't like it, they can go look at other pages and stop following me. This is my life. You don't have to look at it if you don't want to. That's my belief. And I think also, like, especially when you're talking about your private account, I feel this way about mine too, you know, Judaism and, like, the rest of life are so easily integrated, I think, for both of us that it just, like, naturally comes through. Like, I'm not necessarily thinking, oh, this is what I'm, like, posting to show my Judaism. It's like, I'm posting what I'm making for dinner, and it yeah. happens to be Shabbat dinner. And, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it just it feels like there's a lot of these really resonant tie-ins but I recognize that's not everyone's reality in terms of how they do so for those who like this is again a really intentional like departure from what they would normally share I think that's so brave for them to then say yes I am Jewish and I it means something to me and I'm going to claim it in this particular way so I think providing that kind of platform like I am all for I feel really bad for people that feel like they need to hide it it's. I feel bad because I, I, I feel like they're kind of living a secret, you know? It's really scary. There was a study that came out, and I can link to it in the show notes because I'm definitely butchering it right now, but it was about um, American Jewish like college and university students, um, particularly those who are in Jewish-affiliated or historically Jewish sororities and fraternities i think that's where they got like the population sample from just this past year and it said more than half of jewish college students have either felt the need to like hide their judaism or felt unsafe showing their judaism in the context of their campuses because of fear of harassment i can understand that i can completely understand it and I'm also sitting there just, like, banging my head into a wall of how is this the world that we're living in? It's yeah. so it's so heartbreaking to me. I feel like college, at least for me, and I'm, like, now I'm like now sounding like one of these old people. I'm like, when I was a kid, <laughs> um, I feel like college was such uh, an experience of coming into my own Jewishly because I was able to, like, 
really just try all these different things. And I went to Chabad and I went to Aish and I realized that I don't like Aish. Um, and I realized that I like food at Chabad, but like praying at Hillel. And that's where I met my best friends. And I feel like being in this experimentation space for all of these various expressions of my Judaism, like I have memories of, you know, being part of a team, building a sukkah on the quad and like just all these are tabling on a Jewish holiday and I know how resonant that was for me it doesn't necessarily have to be resonant for others and that's totally fine I'm not that you know nostalgic but um I think just for there to be this sense that at this moment in your life in particular when like there are so many different opportunities to explore and learn and try new things before you have to deal with hashtag adulting um for that to be a time of concealing rather than just like leaning into one's Judaism is just like meh so I'm excited about you know any opportunity to fix that I like that um I mean I mean I'm, I'm thinking to myself like where where do I live and everything I live in a very I guess it's a it's a very it's not all Jewish but there are a lot of Jews that live around me so that's why I feel safe and 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 find displaying my Judaism. I don't know if I would feel the same if I was living somewhere that there are zero Jews around me. Um, right. But also being in a Jewish in a more Jewish neighborhood doesn't mean anything because as we can see in the last few weeks there are just there there have been a few anti-Semitic attacks. Um, one on a teenage girl here in Cleveland, and it's literally the neighborhood next to mine. Yeah, that was crazy to. I like as soon as I saw news of that attack where this I mean girl going home from school was, was yeah. like, physically attacked and intimidated um it was just like wait I know this community I know this block like it's horrible when it happens anywhere but seeing it in spaces that feel so comfortable and safe and familiar was is just like 10 times more at least for me yeah how, how do you feel um doing against the backdrop of anti-Semitism that is not going away? Um, you know, it's very interesting. On the one hand, I feel like it's like this, um, I don't want to say like call to arms because that feels like really aggressive in a way that I don't <laughs> intend. Yeah. But it feels like the uptick in anti-Semitism um, is giving people this sense that like we, like we, we need to do or to do um, you know, more and with Jewish pride and in a proactive way and to be like, yeah, just deeply engaged. And I do feel that. But I also, it's like, I mean, the uptick in anti-Semitism, particularly when I sit in the space of Jewish education, is in so many ways, like, something that I thrive in and then also feel like, what a missed opportunity. Because I have a, an expertise, and I'm using air quotes that our listeners cannot hear or see, <laughs> in terms of teaching anti-Semitism um, and teaching about anti-Semitism and responses to it. Um, I'm honored and I'm proud to do that work. At the same time, like right now I'm teaching a 15-week class on anti-Semitism. Oh, wow. And I'm glad, I'm so glad that my students are interested and engaged and we're covering really interesting I think really interesting material and they're into it and it's important and it's like yay but then on the other hand like 
what else Jewishly could they be spending 15 weeks covering that's not the history and current events of anti-Semitism and the modern Jewish experience? Like, we are not spending these 15 weeks with them having the chance to, like, you know, do Jewish enrichment and learn about Jewish art, Jewish ritual, Jewish women, Jewish poetry. I'm making this up. You know, Jewish, I mean, superheroes. Like, whatever it might be, all of these things that are beautiful and I probably not qualified to teach but would love to, um, <laughs> like, that's not what these teenagers are spending their time doing. Instead, like, they have felt interested and compelled enough to spend 15 weeks talking about anti-Semitism. And again, I like, you know, we can't know what we don't know. So would they have come if that didn't feel like a pressing topic? I have no idea. So then it's great because they're in a Jewish space and we're having these conversations and I'm really careful to bring in Jewish pride and Jewish joy and Jewish choices to not just have this be like an ongoing bummer. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, like, I, again, I can't imagine a world that I would love to live in where instead of teaching, like, how you respond to, you know, the anti-Semitic tropes of the blood libel throughout history, it could just be like, wow, Judaism is so exciting. Let's talk about, you know, mikvahs. Um, and, like, have that be enough without this need to arm them with information and to empower them to respond to this inevitable anti-Semitic backlash that they will or might experience. So I'm, yeah, I think in summary, proud to be doing this work, um, believe so deeply in it, but also so much wish that like doing Jewish education at this moment didn't somewhat inevitably have to mean grappling with negatives and it could just be like there's so much positive and joyous to teach and like let's just do that well side note i would come to any class that you teach um i do a lot of icebreakers <laughs> i love it um yeah i agree with you i mean i don't think i don't think that my doing would be like any different i actually think that because of the backdrop of anti-Semitism, I think that um, it's more it's even more important to do out in public to say, we are here, we're here to stay, and I'm not gonna be afraid to display my Judaism. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean I'm gonna stop. Well, guess what? I don't like your opinion. Does that mean you're gonna stop thinking that? Probably not. So I'm not going to stop right, being Jewish. Especially this year, we've seen, like, yeah, just because other people don't like people's opinions, they're not uh, going anywhere. Yeah, if you don't like me being Jewish, you can turn around and go look at someone else. Like, I don't mind. It's fine. I don't need attention from anybody that doesn't like me. But um, you live your life, and I'll live my life. And I'm going to continue displaying the fact that I'm Jewish. Exactly. No, and I think that's beautiful. And I, I, I hope that that can, like, become... Well, I hope the status quo could be like, it would be unreasonable for someone to not like us because we're Jewish. <laughs> but um, until we get to that point, at least to be in a space of exactly live and let live. If you don't like me, like, that's fine. I promise I don't like you back. Exactly. Um, so there we go. So yeah, as we continue to move towards this like next holiday 
season, which again, I still have not yet fully committed to. I think it'll be an interesting conversation to continue as we look at like what it means to be and to do Jewish through the winter holidays, some of which are ours, some of which are you know not necessarily ours, but we're living against the backdrop of you more intimately than I, although I do know a lot of Christmas carols. <laughs> um, Dan would appreciate do, that. Do you think we should do a sing-along episode? <laughs> I'm going to say we shouldn't, but anyone who wants like a private like song sesh, um, I'm not opposed. Speaking of uh, Jewing in public, I, I bought me and Dan um, the shirts saying... Um, Oh, good. Now I'm going to spoil it because I am not sure exactly what it says, but something about you don't know how much I love you. Oh, my God. That's adorable. I want that. <laughs> I'll order you one. <laughs> okay. Um, like, okay, I'm in. I did not buy any whimsical shirts lately, um, but I will. Oh, I did actually buy a whimsical shirt lately. Um, What'd you get? This is like a really weird aside. Sorry, listeners. But um, I'm a, like, huge fan to this day of the Babysitter's Club series, despite the fact that I'm a woman in her 30s, um, or perhaps because I'm a woman in her 30s, whatevs. If you have not read the books or seen, like, the Netflix show, season two just dropped, and it's the most heartwarming thing I've seen probably in a year and a half um, since COVID started, because that's been a year and a half, people. And... Um, I'm going to this like live show of like Babysitters Club super fans, and I got like a shirt for that that I'm just very proud of. It feels deeply irrelevant to discuss in this context, but I just wanted to share. <laughs> By the way, I'm just gonna give a shout out. My shirt is from Schlepp and Schmo. She was on our episode Shani back in July. Too. <laughs> yeah, so she was on our episode back in July. Um, so I'm all for supporting uh, bi- small businesses and especially Jewish ones, and so. Just, oh my gosh, and now you have matching shirts. It's such a win-win-win. Yeah, my mom saw this shirt, and I thought it was so funny that my Jewish slash lived in Israel for 37 years mom read the shirt so wrong that she couldn't understand the meaning. She, oh, well, that's a real thing. So she read it all in English, and then hummus, she said hummus, and so it made zero sense to her. She was like, you don't know hummus I love you what and then she said and then she looked at Dan and she was like is that because you like my hummus and I'm like no mom no (laughs) that's such a mom comment and I am here for it thank you for saying that it was funnier having Dan the non-Jewish um not definitely not Israeli man try to explain the shirt and the pun (laughs) oh my god that's precious (laughs) I mean, I've I should have videotaped it. I'm just going to give a little bit of a solidarity move to your mom because <laughs> there are certain words that, like, they're English words, and then when they're written in Hebrew, uh, my brain doesn't allow for this kind of behavior. In particular, if anyone wants to look up what the word Philadelphia looks like written in Hebrew, I will not not say. I once sat there, I'm going to say a solid 15 minutes, being like, what could this mean? What is this sorcery? And it turned out it was the word Philadelphia. Did you read and it with a P instead of, like, a PH at the beginning? 
I don't even know all of the way that it was trans, like transliterated or whatever. It just, I, my whole face, I think, almost fell off trying to figure out like what could this word indicate. <laughs> it's obviously like this complex Jewish thing. I was like, it's Philadelphia. That's fine. So solidarity to your mom, and that's adorable. I'll let her know. I'm in for all of this. I'll let her. On that note. Um, thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of How Do You Jew? Um, I have had such a lovely time catching up with you and just want to remind our listeners, whatever you are listening right now, please subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, take a screenshot, share it in your Instagram stories. You can tag us, tag your friends who you think should become listeners. Um, it really helps the podcast grow. If you do want to tag us or follow us online, you can uh, find us on Instagram at how do you do pod or email us all of your thoughts at how do you do pod at gmail.com. And until next time, happy chewing. Bye.